Hello everybody and welcome to Let's Die, the His vs. Hers Guide to the Apocalypse, the podcast. Welcome to another very special after-school special, also called Assess. Joining me today is What's Up with Wes. Wes, what's up? What's up? Also rejoining me again for the numpteenth time is my weirdo sister, Jarma Gargar, Jarman Jasmine. Jasmine, say hi. What's up? There you are. So we're back, playing another medieval fantasy RPG. This is it. This is it for the season. We have to beat the game today, or die trying. Uh, Jasmine, you were not here for the last one, so I trapped you in a magical amulet where your suffering is an eternity of pain. Me and Wes died at least twice, so... For anyone unfamiliar, go back and listen to those episodes. The first episode is called Goblin's Ears Are Our Girl's Best Friend. And the other one is called Let's Share a Blanket and Die. So here we go. Beginning again with Medieval Fantasy RPG. I will be the narrator. And together with me and my cohorts, we will take turns making decisions. Let's do our best not to die. Okay, gentle ladies and gentlemen. Last, when we left our heroes, we had escaped from the goblin peril. And now we are camping in the woods with a young maiden. And she is cold. Here we go. <clears throat> you wait until Reginald begins... Not Reginald. Blah, blah, blah. You wait until it becomes dark. And then I smash the amulet onto a rock, releasing Jasmine's precarious soul back into the world. Jasmine gasps for air, crying, saying, Don't you ever put me back in there or I'll gut you like a fish. You heard. She suddenly what? became a pirate. Yeah. Okay. Then oh. she she begins snoring before I pull out my spell book out of my backpack. She hates it when I study magic while I'm supposed to be keeping watch. But she needs something but I need something to distract me from the cold. With flint and tinder and a, and I light a single candle to read by the arcane text that you have read a thousand times over. But differently, each pass-through provides a sort of familiar comfort. A comfort you are grateful for in this dark forest. Soon you are lost in study, with only the distraction of Wes's snores. Then, losing track of time, I exclaim, Yes! Jasmine shoots awake and says, Danger! She is only half awake. I understand invisibility! I cry. This spell has eluded me for so long, at least I think I now understand it. I point at arcane symbols in a book. Go to sleep, Jasmine slurs, and then her head falls back to the ground. Oi, mate, this be goblin country and I am on watch. I dare not sleep, says Wes. He's now Australian. He begins snoring again. It turns out that you are not so vigilant after all. At some point as you gaze at the candle flame, I too succumb to slumber. Slumber. Awaken! Someone is near! Wes shouts in a different accent. I sit up groggily. It is early morning. At first, all I hear are singing birds. Then sure enough, voices trickle through the trees. Not goblins. Not in the daytime. They approach upon the trial, says Wes, huddled in his, under his blanket, quivering in fear next to the maiden who rebuked his advances and caused him to free, previously freeze to death. To the trail then, but keep quiet, says Jasmine, who also has a new accent. 
Why? Why not stay still and let them pass? Asked the young lady whose name was Siba. We've previously established. Oi, because we are venturers. Wes whispers fiercely at her, gathering his backpack. Refusing to be left by herself, Siba follows you as you creep up to the edge of the trail. Thank to the gods that she is not sniffling or otherwise making a racket. Speaking of sniffling, I sniffle every single podcast. But only when I'm recording the podcast. You have just taken up your position in the brush when you see the first of a column of priests of Nerul. Several of them are speaking casually, loudly even, as though they are not the goblins they are not in the goblins' territory. As they pass by, you see in the middle of the column a large stretcher made of thick wooden branches and rough spun fabric. It's carried by eight priests. Upon the stretcher is a pure white horse, whose legs are bound with rope. Wait, not a horse, but a unicorn, shouts Jasmine. But the long, softly glowing horn is a dead giveaway for it to not be a horse. Several meters behind the main party are a tall man and a woman. I believe I know that young woman, I say. She's the beautiful Lady Egrain, daughter of Lord Egrain. Her father holds a keep and estate some distance from town, and her family comes to Ring City for annual tournaments. More than once have I gazed wistfully from her from a cheap seat far in the corner of a jousting arena. Allow me to take a moment to apologize to those readers who in real life prefer to gaze wistfully at handsome men since you are playing the part of a heterosexual male wizard and are now gazing most wistfully at this woman. You are disappointed and somewhat horrified, though, not because she's a woman, but because she is, in fact, a Nerulian priest. And the man with her, I wonder. After a moment, you recognize him as her father, Lord Egrain, to think a man such as illustrious line would get mixed up with this evil lot. Her jet black hair is pulled back to reveal a mostly sh shapely long neck. Her flawless skin glows in the dawn light. It is as though the sun itself, desperate to touch her, has found a path through the forced canopy. The golden and holy symbol of Nerul hanging over her bosom contrasts wildly with her large brown eyes. <coughs> Yarr, we cannot go back there, not yet, says Jasmine. Why would we go back there ever? That ruin offers no decent bath for me, says Wesley, eager to scrub his wounds. There is some, however, some unfinished business. However, we watch as we watch the Lord begin to make a gesturing motion towards the ruins from which we've just came. And they begin to drag the unicorn back with them as I skip several hundred more paragraphs. Well, we could follow them from a distance and learn more about our quarry, perhaps strike at a more opportune time, says Wes. Yarg, and perhaps they will notice us following them, or perhaps they're journeying to some vile fortification that we cannot hope to storm. I say we ambush them now while they're in the open. Ha! Says Jasmine as she eats from her can of spinach. What do you say, Wes? Do you choose to ambush them, follow them, or that's it? Well, um, let's ambush them. The morale decreases by one. By the way, we are at six life, five mana, 150 gold, and 15 morale. Lord, we have surprised on our side, and they are about as vulnerable now as we can hope, says Jasmine. Perhaps if we strike their line where the unicorn is being carried, we can cut loose the creature before they know what is happening. A bold plan. You best be swift and your blade keen to free the unicorn before they slay us with their death magic, I say. 
The three of us run into the forest a good distance from the trial and make haste trying to pass the priests by traveling parallel to them. This is all the more difficult since you have to leap over fallen logs and bat your way through brush while the priests have a nice dirt path to walk upon. By the time you take up your strategic positions in the forest, you are breathing hard. The plan is for you to attack first with a large gout of flame. Wes will then leap out with his sword to cover you as and cut the unicorn free. Sabah, the young maiden, will remain hidden up in a tree to, to, to be hidden from thine eyes in, among safety. <clears throat> She's also being a lookout, shouting three from the north. Soon you hear voices, and then the priests are passing by. You do not quite appreciate how many of them there were the first time. As the bound unicorn draws near, you feel a hard lump in your stomach. There are now priests walking along the sides of the stretcher as though providing protection. Perhaps they heard you crashing through the forest as we work to get ahead of the column. In this moment, we have been, it is the time that we have been waiting for. You are supposed to signal the attack. Jasmine looks at me and shakes, my, shakes her head. Her eyes betray something. Disappointment? You burn with shame. I cannot. To attack would be suicide, I tell myself. When the column passes, Sibar drops to the forced floor. You are a coward, she hisses at me. Being called a coward by a wayfish merchant's daughter will not be among my fondest memories. Why is our once demure, frightened merchant's daughter suddenly wishing to play the role of a bloodthirsty battle technician, I wonder? Dear Sabar, we will mete out justice to these villains for the death of your father, among other countless evil deeds in due time, says Wes. However, there are only three of us, and there are many of them, many more than we accounted for. Wes then hands her a blade. Perhaps maybe you should start pulling your fucking weight, bitch. <clears throat> As I skip several more paragraphs in this story, I skip down and say, Uh, uh, perhaps stealth would serve us much better. I might turn invisible, creep into their midst, and cut the unicorn free. Yarg, my friend, surely your powers are best spent spewing forth gouts of deadly fire, not sneaking about like a rat. Fire and steel, simple and effective. Let me gut them like the fish they be. Jasmine, what do you do? Use fire and steel, which cost six mana. Turn invisible to attempt to cut the unicorn free, which costs four mana. Or you can use the merchant daughter Sibba as bait. Invisibility. Achievement unlocked. Sneaky. Nasty, nasty, tricksy player. Nasty, nasty, tricksy verse. We were awarded one point for a total of six. One times two coins equals two means we have ten, and we got no luck from that. Our mana has decreased by four. We are down to one. However, our morale has increased by one. Quickly, I cast my spell and creep up the hill. The evil priests are bunched together closely in a circle around a slab of granite, are preparing, no doubt, to sacrifice this glorious creature. I pass, not even like a whisper of a breeze, for even the wind is felt by a man, become nothing, as nothing is what I became. I know that I shall, for I am because I was, recalling the spell, the instructions that I said that turned me invisible. One priest shifted to the side, giving me just enough moments, movement, space, for which I could pass. This is hard to do, by the way. We praise you, ancient one. Ancient one, you are free. Servants, servants, slaves to your will. We ask not for mercy. We only ask to serve and for blood. Over and over they repeat this ghastly line. One of the hooded men looks familiar. Belfour, the farmer. 
He comes into Ring City to sell his apple every harvest. We know him because he always gets drunk and makes trouble. A few others look familiar too, although you can't place them, but they must certainly be locals of Ring City. You are now near the unicorn and I have the dagger out. I have a couple of options. I could simply cut the unicorn free and start the fight, or perhaps I could try to scare the priest first. What do I do? Use an illusion which costs two mana. However, we don't have enough mana to perform this task. We could cut the unicorn loose. Mmm, and that's all. I'm going to choose to cut the unicorn loose because that is all that we can do. Our life has decreased by three. However, our morale increases by four. It's up to twenty. Why waste my power on illusions when I have a real unicorn to set loose? I cut the unicorn loose, which is a little tricky nonetheless. I succeed. The first pair of hooves comes smoothly to the ground. A sharp dagger slices through the rest of the rope. However, unfortunately, the unicorn's sudden relative freedom excites him into a renewed frenzy. You get the other hooves free, but the blade and the hand touch the creature's leg in the process. The chanting stops, and there are gasps from the crowd around you. I'm visible, I realize. One priest is standing nearby with an unsheathed dagger. He lunges at me. The two of us stab at each other at the same time. He stabs me straight in the stomach, and I stab him in return right in the throat. As the priest falls to the ground, choking on his own blood, the creature looks at me and says, Thank you, good sir, says the unicorn. Then he is free and he leaps up. You will pay for your iniquities, he announced to everyone else. I nearly shout in surprise as I lose yet another fucking life. What the fuck, man? I've never seen a horse talk. His horsey lips do not move about like a human's. Rather, his mouth simply opens and words spill out like rainbows. The unicorn kicks all the priests into a bunch of bony bone guys. Unicorns are rather useful, I believe. Now, we pause for an ad and then continue. Kill the beast, shouts Lord Ingrain from amongst the other priests. There's a melee ensues. Behind us, shouts, uh, whose voice was that? Wes? And more priests have appeared. We begin fighting. A shadow falls across our paths as we all go crazy and start whirlwinding. Fucking people up with oxes and blades and shit and jasmines bitten through a motherfucker's throat with a bare teeth like an animal. She rips his veins from his skull and drinks from what the juices that fall out. Revenge! Revenge for my captivity! Claims the, uh, uh, brr, 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 brr. Oh, Siba said that because she's also gone insane with rage. You are considering joining her in her rage when I catch a glimpse of the Lady of Grain's long, beautiful hair disappointing into the forest below. Now, we have a few options. We've found Lady of Grain in the forest. Her gloved and bloodied hands are at rest. Small glowing orbs appear and circle her fingers. She stares at the orbs in trance and says, Perhaps help, with the help of good people, I may find again the light of this world. Snapping out of this illusion, she returns to her attention and turns to us and quickly gather... Quickly, she says, gather your friends and follow me. Wes, what do you do? Do you flee with her? Demand that she surrender or attack her? Um. Or you can charm her with three mana. However, we don't have that much, so we can't do that. Decisions. Ah, flee with her. Flee with her? Oh my goodness. Flee with her. We, may I remind you that we only have two life, but okay. 
<laughs> well, life decreases by 100. Wow. 100. We are at negative 98 life. <laughs> she knows the threat we face, and she is so beautiful, Wes thinks. Oi, Wes! Jasmine calls, but he does not heed us. He's catching up to, to her, and just, just as soon as he's near her, she says, Die, fool! Wes attempts to jaw, dodge, but she strikes him square in the forehead. A thousand screams from a thousand tortured faces reach up for Wes and the rest of us as we spiral, spiral into the darkness. This is an unfortunate end, but consider this a favor. Far better that you fall in a game than fall for pretty lies from pretty lips in the real world. She might be beautiful, but she killed a unicorn with black magic, or tried to. She wasn't a very good catch. Alas, we succumb to our wounds and collapse. Now... Jasmine, we have options. We have eight luck, and we can redo the last choice with one luck. We can go to the last checkpoint, which I do not advise, or we can start the chapter over, which I also do not advise. So let's do, let's just do luck. Pick through the ad. All right, Jasmine, time to select a different option. I suggest we do not flee with her. Either demand her surrender or attack her. Surrender? Our life decreases by two. We are dead again. Our morale, however, increased by one. My lady, although your beauty makes my heart ache, I must demand your surrender, I say. Lady Agrain's smile washes away. By Nero's hand you die, she shouts. A dark ray of hissing energy shoots from her fingertips. We attempt to shield ourselves, but we can feel as the rays penetrate through my arm. I feel cold. And alas, I succumb to my wounds and die. Okay. We will redo the last choice. If we die again, then I guess we're done. Attack her. Our morale increases by one. She flashes you a huge and beautiful smile and turns to lead you. She must have heard you rushing up behind her because she takes only a few steps before returning to face her. I snarl... Or rather, Jasmine snarling. Ayarg, in Nero's name, I. Interrupting her, she stabs the lady in just above the collarbone. She opens her mouth and spouts blood. Jasmine forcefully forces her hands into her mouth and begins to split her mouth apart and rips her jaw from her throat. Ruthless Jasmine is such a creature of death and destruction those nine realms have never known. What a grisly and sad ending for the two of us, you think, looking down at Lady Agrain. We could have been happy together, ramshackled in, a, in our father's bedsheets or something or another. The priests nearby are running away and whatnot. We stare in horror as we realize the magic that they're attempting to summon even as they try to escape is terrible. Motioning for the others to follow, uh, follow me, I say, we have pressed good fortune long enough. We should return to Ring, Single, Ring City and the company of good people. The three of us 
set off to Ring City, and we'd walk across a Yellow Fork Road and whatnot. And other things happen. I skip ahead. Oh, we completed the chapter. Yes, we've done it. It only took us a very, very long time. We ranked as an adventurer with a score of 700 plus. Dread scrap down smack in the middle. Yeah, let's see. Let's go to the next chapter. It costs 15 coins to unlock, and we have 16, so here we go. Now, we are in the city, and there are footsteps from behind us, and we turn to see a city guard and an old man approaching. Seize that one! The old man croaks as he points at you. He is the murderer! Me? I? I could never! I sputter. It was, twas Jasmine, the one that did the deed! The old man speaks with conviction. Either he believes what he says, or he is an excellent liar. To top it off, there you stand with blood on your hands. This does not look good, you think. The guard locks his eyes on you and unsheathes his sword. Crikey! What the hell do you think y'all doing? Now, dear adventurers, I must admit, we've gained more life. We've, uh, since we've returned to the city, we've gained 10 life. We're up to 12 life. It's up to 16 mana, 22 gold, and zero morale. So what should we do now? We should we run, charm the guard for two mana, or defend our innocence? I am going to select and say, hmm, hmm. I'm going to, I know this is probably wrong, but I'm going to defend our innocence. I am innocent, I stammer. The guard says nothing as he strides forward and peers through the open door. His eyes widen and his mouth drops. What? He exclaims. What devil witchcraft is this? He turns towards me, his eyes a mixture of rage and fear. He knows that he's about to run you through. You dare not harm a god of Ring City, however. Unfortunately, if you wish to charm him, it will take a little more mana to do the job now that he means you harm. What do you do, naff motherfucker? Wes, do you charm the god for three mana or run? Oh, uh, let's charm him. Our mana has decreased by three. Gods know that I am innocent, I say, as I wave a hand at the guard. I feel a warm tingling travel up my arm and at the end of my outstretched fingers. The guard smiles broadly as the spell takes hold of his mind. Well, crikey, it is rare to see an old friend who once put a shrimp on a barbie with me. I remember when you delivered me own first son, named him Reginald, even. Crikey. He is a murderer, the old man croaks. Silence! You're mistaken, the guard calls back. The old man grabs the guard's sleeve and points into the open doorway. Yes! Yes! <laughs> he turns into a muppet! What devil has he done? That one! You embrace the devil now! The old man shrieks. I saw this with me own eyes. <laughs> my, my, my accents are all over the fucking place right now. The guard's expression clouds for a moment and then he shakes his head. Your decrepit eyes have deceived you, old man. My good man, find help. <laughs> what the fuck else? The general alarm has been sounded. You might be able to escape the city if you run for the outer wall gate now, but what then? You know the city far better than anywhere else. You running would only implicate you further, so Jasmine, what should we do? Run for the gate, disguise ourselves, or turn ourselves in? Um, disguise ourselves? I will not leave the city until I have found... Reginald's murderer, what? Oh, I guess Jasmine was murdered at some point, but we'll we'll make it somebody else. Uh, somebody else was murdered. 
That's what I get for skipping so many paragraphs. Oh, how do you what? How do you want to hide yourself? Use an illusion to yourself, or buy a disguise? I'm gonna buy a disguise. We have lots of gold. Oh, let's see. Let's see, uh, he's trying to sell us some fine fabric, heavy too, and a bargain at two gold, which is an outrageous price. However. We have a choice of forking over the coin or haggling for a lower price. Wes, what do you do? Oh, we're gonna haggle. Oh my god. Our gold has decreased by one and our morale increases by one. The haggling, it has, uh, has worked. Now, should you buy another cloak from another stall? Nor to disguise another one of us. Jasmine, do you buy another cloak, or do you choose to leave the market now? I guess the old man was just trying to get one of us. I guess I made it sound uh, like he was trying to get me, specifically. Buy a cloak, I guess? Our gold decreases by one. Our morale increases by two. Now, we are in a cloak. There's a candle maker in our way. But... And, oh my gosh, we found Sabah, but she's all chained up. We sidestep our way along the alley a few meters and then listen, repeating this process until we think we can tell which window the sobbing is coming from. You are about to call out to Sabah when you hear, Psst, you, this is not a road. Off with you, an old woman hisses from a neighbor's window. You decide she's right. This is no place to be skulking around, attracting attention. It's time to talk to Sibah. What do we do? Sneak past the candle maker. Ask the candle maker to see her. Or charm the candle maker. I'm going to charm the candle maker. That end decreases by two, but morale increases by one. She permits us to talk to Siba. My sister's rescuer, says the candle maker. He comes over to us and says she is a good woman, and it warms my heart to have that you have aided her. If you please, I am anxious to see how she fares now. Oh, this is our ruse to see her. She is sitting in a bed, rocking back and forth. Her hands and arms are soaked in gore. Guards! Wes gasps. He pukes in a bucket, as he's clearly got a weak fortitude. She looks up at you, eyes swollen with tears. You! She exclaims. All this blood. Could she... Could she be the killer? There might be more to this woman than you know. If she did kill the man that we were claimed to have killed, she may be about to die herself. What do we do? Whose turn is it? I forget. It's Wes's turn. Wes, do you try to calm her, charm her, or subdue her? You sick bastard. You've been trying to Let's get with Sibba for a while. Let's go with subdue. Yeah. Did you really say subdue? Yes. Jesus Christ. Hashtag me too. Her life decreases by two. She might be a crazy wench, but you still have a few pounds on her. We rush forward and tackle her onto the bed. Why did you do it? What's up with all this blood? She struggles, fiercely kicking and biting. No, it's not me. Gods, his shout is cut short. A seemingly invisible force knocks him against the other wall. He comes to the ground, unconscious or dead, the candle maker does. You must run. Run now, Siba says, smiling. Run and hide, little rabbit. What? I stammer. They will hang you. You will they catch you. Do you wish to die, little rabbit? Do not speak. Just run. Jasmine, what do we do? Do we run, 
hit her with a firebolt for the cost of two mana, or do we question her more? Firebolt? Firebolt, firebolt! Our mana decreases by two and our life decreases by one. We don't know what is to possess Siva, but instead of choosing to try and exercise her demons, we decide to murder her by thanks, Jasmine. You're welcome. I am the timeless one, she says. Even the sun ceases to rise, I will be here. I will ride your pathetic soul into your own nightmares. A voice whispers from somewhere, perhaps from within my own mind. We stand up to get our bearings. Was I just possessed or be switched in some way? And Siba, poor Siba, what role does she play? Our firebolt is unsuccessful. We run away like cowards. The guards, however, we bump right into them and they begin to chase us. We run into the nearby Baby Dragon Square, what a fucking name, a busy intersection of the city. You scramble up the roof right after them. I'm sorry, Baby Dragon Square got me. <laughs> mm. There is a crowd, a there's a book among the crowd that we can grab, or we can cast an illusion for three mana. I guess I'm going to save some of our mana and snatch the book. Our life decreases by three. The crowd is thick in Baby Dragon Square. And, uh... How hard can it be to take this fucking book that I don't know why we need? Oh my gosh. This we are approached by a young girl that we grew up with named Mala. She's a woman now, working in a brothel. Great, Wes is gonna be all over her. She's no criminal herself, however, as a girl, she was always inquisitive and talkative. She comes up to you to say hi. Wes... Do you attempt to talk to her, or do you go back to kill the guy with the book? Apparently, that's probably the guy, the old guy or something. I'm gonna kill the old guy. Okay. Achievement unlock, Breaking Bad. That move was morally dubious. I should have done this to begin with, you think to yourself as you jog back to Baby Dragon Square. You do not expect to find the man there, but you hope to get lucky. After all, it would be difficult to get him if he is locked away in his study. To our surprise, we see him sitting next to the baby dragon fountain. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's funny. There's no sign of the others or the gods. We decide to take a chance and take him out. We move in, watching him carefully, and when we're in range, we prepare to cast a fire spell. But before you do, there's a whistle, and then a sharp pain, then a bolt, presumably from a crossbow. Sticking out of your side. Was it an ambush or just an opportunistic soldier who happened to come by? You fear you will never know as your life decreases by six exactly and our morale decreases by three. Alas, we have finally succumbed to our wounds and collapse in death. My friends, I believe this is the end of our journey. We have finally met our end and the end of this saga of medieval fantasy RPG. I hope that during this strange and wonderful journey that you have enjoyed listening to Let's Die, the His versus Hers Guide to the Apocalypse, the podcast. Now, I would like to turn it over to my esteemed co-leagues. Co-leagues? Co-leagues. Jasmine, is there anything you wish for the listeners to know? Um, I don't know. Feel free to talk in a pirate voice. Or make sure you check out the next episode. Releases this Friday. 
I do believe it is episode number 50. Uh, 50 of regular episodes, not counting the public service announcement and little things like that. So join us this Friday for, for that. It will be a good time. Wes, is there anything you would like the people to know what's up? Baby Dragons is what? Is there, Baby Dragons... Is there anything you would like the people to know what's up? No. Great. Wonderful. Such good things we plug. I would like to plug Pokemon After Dark Rai, our other podcast. It releases every other Monday of the month. So twice a month, roughly. Every two weeks, bi-weekly. If there isn't one out currently, there will be one out the next Monday. You should enjoy that. Go check it out anywhere podcasts are caught in Pokeballs. Also, check out our Redbubble store at www.redbubble.com slash people slash let's die. Links in the description. Also, follow us on Twitter at let's die pod. Now, dear listener, it is up to you to go out into the world, do good, defeat evil, and as always, if we have to die... <coughs> Let's... Nope, I thought we was all going to do it at the same time. If we're all going to die, let's die together. Well, two out of three is not quite bad. Goodbye. You sound like a bee. Tuntun is displeased. Speaking of bees, I got bit by a carpenter bee yesterday. It hurts like hell. Apparently, they don't sting you so much as they fucking bite you. No, oh, yeah, they, they bite. That's hence why they're not carpenter bees, because they dig through blood. Oh, I take it back. They don't hurt. It didn't, like, like, hurt hurt, but it made a big whelp on the back of my neck. Didn't feel, definitely didn't feel good. Jarman. Jarman. Hold on. Oh, you, you, gosh, you didn't say hold on at first. I did say hold on. I said, give me a couple minutes. Nobody, Adam, nobody heard you. Back. Wes, did you hear her say that? I did not. I did not either. I don't hold think on, it came Adam, through. Did I not say give me a minute? I don't know if you did it or not. Did I say give me a minute? Okay, well, me and Wes didn't hear you. I'm not saying you didn't say it. I'm saying we didn't hear you. So take that for what you will.